You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. That stadium is going to be rocking, and heaven help whoever walks in there to play us. Sustained effort and violence, you play your ass off. You're watching the Pirate Preview on the Sports Objective. Join us every Tuesday night on YouTube Live as we're joined by beat writers and other media members as we take a look at what lies ahead for the Pirates. Now, here are the guys. Here is a first down. Pirates. Welcome in to the Pirate Preview here on the Sports Objective. The Pirates on the road this week. As they have a road game as we go to Boone, to App State. With us right now, a guy that's going to be in Boone, or somewhere close to Boone, is Kyle Barber. How are you, sir? I won't be in Boone this weekend. I will be in October. But okay. uh, I'll, uh, no, I'm not going up this weekend. I thought about it, but uh, no, I'll, I'll be down east. Um, watching uh, the Pirates play in what is my favorite part of the state. I love that area. Um so looking forward to the game, and um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can go have a much better offensive performance than we had uh, this past Saturday. No doubt about it. I wish I could go, but I'm too poor. I'm a poor Eastern North Carolina guy. The the hundred forty dollars tickets. Bubba Rosenbaum, what's up? Jesus, Dave. Yeah, looking forward to uh, looking forward to the game. Pirates' first trip to Boone since since '79. Uh, you know, a lot of hype surrounding the game, and um, you know. It should be a tremendous atmosphere, just like Coach Clark and Coach Houston have said. No doubt about it. I want to wake, welcome in AJ. What's up, man? From the Black and Gold Podcast. Appreciate you joining us tonight. Yeah, man. I appreciate uh, being on a like-minded, um, you know, peer-level podcast. Man, we uh, feel uh, like you guys uh, kind of understand our culture. I think we understand yours a little bit, and. Um, I mean, we, we've, we've had this circle on the calendar for a long time, had a great time in Charlotte, you know, a couple years ago for that game and really looking forward to the pirates making their first trip to Boone, I think in 44 years, I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the last 70, time. Ever. Yeah. I think it was, was it 77, 78, something like 79, that. 79, 79, that's yeah. right. 79. Yeah, that's, that's right. And, um, you know, AJ, that one of the things I want to ask you off the top of the show here is, uh, Guys, we're talking about it here before the guys for the show here in our group text. Uh, we feel like that we should play App State every single year. Um, mm. The rivalry, I think the Mac Brown and other coaches in the state may not like to hear this, but I think that we have the best fan base in the East. You mm. guys have the best fan base in the West. Mm. And I think it's a natural rivalry. It's not one that Charlotte we're trying to create <laughs> with us now. Uh, we've had this rivalry for a really long time, and it, it's a really – it should be played every year. I I mean, listen, you guys don't have to sell me on that. I'd, I'd take that in a heartbeat. You know, one of the, you know, one of the things with realignment when uh, everything was bouncing around, I think, I think the latest massive stone was rolled was Texas, Oklahoma, and that's kind of set the chain reaction for everything else. Um, but when that was all being discussed – you know, my co-host, you know, Charles isn't with me. Big C isn't with me tonight. But one of the things that we were talking, you know, amongst ourselves and, and other app fans in our circles, we really thought the Sun Belt could be the premier um, G5 league, football league at least. Um, 
but man, it was so tempting the idea of being at conference with East Carolina, just because of how potent that, that rivalry, even though we haven't played very many times over the last, you know, 44 years. Um, we remember that 2009, 2012, uh, those games down in Greenville. And um, it just is such a natural to me uh, rivalry game where I just feel like if you do play those games often enough, I mean, who who's wanting to miss those games, whether, you know, whether you can't, not maybe not in person. I already can go to every game, but man, you're going to be glued to what's happening. Um, I, I would love to see that. I think it'd be great. AJ, you mentioned um, been in the same conference with East Carolina. Obviously, you guys have been some about wearing the American. I assume you just left the American for the ACC because that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and um, I, uh, I, I, you know, there's, there's speculation uh, the American is targeting Army to get the Army Navy game as part of the American television contract. But your, your, your guys' name would come up, App's name has come up. Um, he, on the field play, I think the, the, the top of the Sun Belt and the top of the American are pretty even. Hmm. Um, I think the bottom half of the American right now is actually not as good as the bottom half of the Sun Belt. Um, but the difference is TV revenue. Um, hmm. Substantially more TV revenue in the American. Um, the incumbent members, meaning the members that were here uh, prior to Charlotte and Rice and UTSA, UAB, et cetera, joining get 8 million and the new members are getting three and a half million, um, mm. maybe push up closer to four. Now with SMU gone with the, um, if, if the American came calling and, um, the TV money, the revenue was around four or 5 million. Um, you know, uh, you guys get, I believe right around 2 million now in the, in the belt. Do you think there would be any interest being in the American with more TV revenue, being in the same conference with East Carolina and, I don't know if Charlotte is appealing or not. I guess it would be. Yeah. So I mean, that that's such a uh, that's such an interesting um, uh, opportunity cost scenario, right? Uh, on one hand, we have finally this alignment where we're in the same conference with Marshall again. Um, where that that's such a, you talk about a, a potent rivalry with with ECU, where we're so excited for these games. I mean, Marshall is is right up there. Uh, we have a um, a deep deep history with them. Um, James Madison, that's kind of a lesser known one, but very a lot of hatred there. A lot of uh, the FCS days, yeah. Absolutely. Um, oh, Old Dominion, not so much, which you know, that's that's fine. Um, and then of course Georgia Southern. Uh, don't really, I mean, Georgia State and Coastal. I, I personally I don't know what you guys think. I, I think Coastal is kind of a flash in the pan. I think I think Coastal is a is a product of Jamie Chadwell being a very good coach and and finding um a great quarterback to fit his system. It, it'll be interesting to see how they how they do the rest of the yeah. year and, and following. They they started the year off okay. They were they played respectable against UCLA. Yeah, uh, beat Jacksonville State, which is in their first year of FBS. Right. Um, Rich Rodriguez down there. I watched them yeah. play Week Zero against UTEP, and they they actually look well coached. Jacksonville State. Yeah. Um, so I think Coastal will be all right. They still have their quarterback, so it'll yeah. be interesting to see once he graduates what they are. I, I totally agree. Um, McCall's a great player, um, but um, anyway, I, I I think that it would be it would be interesting because both of those away games, regional rivalries between Charlotte and ECU, ECU being the one that we at fans would care the most about. Selfishly, I I would like Charlotte in the conference just because, bro, that that away game every year we, we did that in 2018, and that was. Um, I don't know. That was that it was, was a home a game. road trip. Yeah, it was it was a home game. <laughs> yeah. It was a home game. So I personally don't know. I think I'd like to spend a little more time with this current alignment before I'd be 
tempted for just more TV money because I don't know if that directly would impact the fans' enjoyment. I kind of like where we are now. The the interesting thing about it is in in something that I broke down um, with with the guys in the text messages. You, the knee jerk reaction. There's two knee jerk reactions. Well, it's more money. That's positive. Being in the same league with ECU, Charlotte's positive. The yeah. but then the the other reaction is well, the rest of the travel costs would go up so much. Yeah, but it really yep. wouldn't. It really wouldn't. And here's why. Mm. Here's why. And we, when I th- when you, if you go back, if we go back to divisions with the American, okay, all right. So let, let, let's look at who the who, who you guys play. So you, you're going to replace Marshall with Greenville. I would say you know Huntington Greenville, similar distance. You, you replace um, JMU with Charlotte. You're closer. Um, you lose Old Dominion, so Norfolk. You replace that with Philadelphia. So you're replacing Norfolk with Philadelphia Temple. Um, you replace Georgia Southern and Georgia State with South Florida, Florida Atlantic. So you're going one state further. Um, then Memphis is not very far from um, from from Boone, um, really. Not not really. It's not. It's, you know, it's Tennessee borders North Carolina. It's at the other end of Tennessee, but still really not that far. Uh, you already go to Louisiana to play Louisiana and Monroe. Uh, that's where Tulane is. You play Texas State. That's where UTSA and Rice is. Um, SMU's gone, so one of the Texas schools is gone. So if you really break it down and think about it, and we would, I have no idea why. I do know why the American didn't do divisions because of the playoff format starting next year. I think you got to go back to divisions. I think if we went into divisions, our division would be at that point, um, you would be a we would be a fourteen team league if it was just the app that were to join, and the division would be East Carolina, Appalachian State, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, South Florida, Temple. And uh, I'm leaving out somebody. My brain's not working. But you get the point of what I'm saying. It's much more. Yeah. It's much similar to the Sun Belt in terms of regionality than people realize. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Yeah. I can see I've sold you on it. Um. Uh, no, I'm just saying. You know, no, I, I hear you. I hadn't really. Con- I really considered it. I, I will say though. I mean, you, you say you were replacing um, this school with that school, but at the at the same time, I, I still think that the interest among the fan base with the programs that we've been right. playing. Right, no, with, I understand. Yeah. Well, Temple, Temple's, a, Temple's, you know, a much bigger name than JMU, but JMU's got better football. and it's Yeah, better. right, yeah, that's exactly right, yeah. So, AJ, taking a look at this Mountaineer team, uh, obviously last year did not go as you guys would have liked, uh, six and six, but at the same time, um, some nice off-season additions to the coaching staff, both coordinators, um, Scott Sloan on the defensive side, and then Frank Ponce offensively. And uh, so talk about what you've seen thus far, um, and obviously that quarterback situation with Ryan Berger going down and Joey Aguilar coming in and uh, mm. be, being very good. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so th- I think that Carolina game taught us a lot. Not, Not – about like, hey, we, we're just as good as a ranked, you know, ACC team or, or whatever. I, I don't think that's really what it taught us. But uh, I think it taught us how we could respond to maybe not having the cleanest of games, especially defensively. Um, I say especially defensively. There, there, were, there were some things that needed to be cleaned up on, on either side. But um, I think the defense stood out. But that week one to week two, you know, that transition over from uh, – you know, being not maybe not in the best position, not making the best tackles to um, we don't have the the typical talent that we usually do, like, say, at linebacker or safety, in my opinion, right now. But uh, I think we tackled really well that we we're in better positions. 
Um, Coach Sloan has, you know, was at App for for nine years and then went to Georgia Southern, did a great job as the the defensive coordinator there, and then spent a year with Nick Woody at Army. He's an App guy. Um, a lot of Georgia Southern people probably don't want to hear that, but I mean, he's an App guy. He him him and his family they love they love Boone and. He's so underrated um, from a defensive mind. Him and him and Nate Woody were um, so great together when they were on the mountain. And and the way he measures and looks at not just you know players or, or whatever. He, I mean, he's very analytical. So they measure how how many players are around the ball on a certain play. So like, hey, do we have three players around this ball? Do we have just two players around this ball? Because if we only have two players around the ball on a certain play, the way it's drawn up, then someone was out of place. Someone missed an assignment. And they were—you could tell—they cleaned that up in in week two, and I don't—I th- don't think that's a mistake. I don't, I don't think that's a fluke. I think that that's great. But and, and Coach Ponce, so we had Coach Barbe last year, offensive coordinator. We we had we had five coordinators in five years, and then Frank Ponce came back, um, replaced Kevin Barbe. I thought Coach Barbe did a good job. Um, I'm not very much an X's and O's guy, uh, but I what what I'll say, I, I don't think Barbe and Ponce were all that different. Um, but Ponce, you know, against Carolina did such a great job, um, using what we could do well and using what the defense was giving us and keeping, uh, Carolina, you're kind of holding them accountable a little bit. Uh, we threw the ball, I think 43 times and I think we ran 44 times. So we, uh, very, very balanced, um, did, did a really good, I think we had almost 500 yards of offense, uh, Aguilar's really awesome player uh more on him in a bit but my, my point in, in getting all this great got a new defensive coordinator great have pretty much have an all new staff we have coach rod west who was a carryover at, at corners um and he's a great great recruiter great coach um but i'll tell you guys and i'll swear in a bible the the real change in the program the real improvement was in the the weight room um we brought back um uh, Matt Greenhall. Okay, I say uh, we brought back like I had anything to do with it. Uh, Coach Greenhall, uh, we, uh, Coach Clark brought him back. He was on the initial strength staff from our um, uh, FBS transition with uh, Coach Mike Siriano. He ended up going down and getting hired by Georgia Southern to be their main strength guy. Did a great job at Georgia Southern. Uh, and he's an app guy too, man. I mean, I, I know Coach a little bit, and he's just so perfect up here. And, and, and we wanted him up here before now, but – when Clay Helton took over the job at Georgia Southern, they did not carry over Coach Greenhall. He went to Virginia Tech for a year, and now he's back. I'm telling you, when he stepped on on campus in January, those winter workouts, mat drills, all the stuff that you hear the players complain about, he's got this team in in fighting shape, better condition, but also more discipline. Uh, you see a lot more grit. Um, I saw a lot more juice against Carolina than um than I think I did all all last year. So that uh, that really man that that. That that has been the main factor of our, our improvement, I think, year over year. I don't think we had bad coaches last year, really. Um, you know, some you know, Dale Jones got, I think, a little bit of a bad rap last year. Uh, I think Sloan's an improvement, but uh, I think ultimately we weren't finishing games. And people that are used to watching those, um, you know, mid two thousands App State teams and those defenses, you watch twenty twenty two. We weren't finishing. We weren't getting off the field on third down, like third and twelve, and. And you know, couldn't get off the field, and and that was a tremendous contributor to our, our record, six and six. We we were four and six against um, FBS competition last year, and that just doesn't sit right. That doesn't feel right for an App State team. So Coach Greenhall has brought in discipline, and that that's the main factor here. But Coach Clark, um, and by bringing back uh, Ponce and Sloan um, to an already, you know, our staff's already you know good at recruiting, but the the guys we replaced 
on the defensive staff are great recruiters and they've done a great job on the road and um, the transfer portal. I know that that that's a big topic for everybody, but um, we really have loaded up on the, um, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Mike Fletcher from Michigan state, Sean Collins from Rutgers. Uh, those guys made a huge difference in the game yesterday. Um, we have some up and comers that were high school recruits that are developing too, though. Tyreek Funderburk at cornerbacks another transfer portal guy on defense. That's made a, a really big impact. Um, so we, um, we're, we're encouraged, man. And I, I know I'm, I'm being long winded. I'm just like, I'm just you're feeding everybody with a fire hose right now. And I know I, I know I said I got to go in five minutes, guys, but I don't think that's really fair. So I'll, I'll we'll, we'll bump it up another five minutes. I, I want to um, make sure I give you guys quality answers to your questions <laughs> because this is a, a big game. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, but Bubba, that um, we're excited about this team, man. And and a lot of reasons to be encouraged if you're an app fan. And um, just to sweeten the pot is having a, a pirate team come to Boone that we know they have a great fan base and, and be able to watch, uh, see these cultures collide. Um, but I, I, I like the apps this weekend, man. I'm going to be honest. Hey, Joe, you keep that fire hose to yourself. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, I was going to ask if about it. Uh, it was a family show, AJ. I'm sorry. I, 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 I was going to ask um, – you mentioned obviously the obvious thing we're talking about. East Carolina coming to town this weekend. Get the game is sold out. Uh, how, how much excitement is there in, in Boone for, for the Pirates to come to town? I know you guys had Carolina in there last year. Um, what's the excitement like right now for ECU coming to town, particularly uh, with the way you guys are playing through two versus the way we're playing through two? Um, you you got to excitement's got to be there, but you probably feeling pretty confident also. Yeah, I think. Uh feeling confident coming after a, after a down year um, doesn't feel very reliable. Right. So you, you don't have a great year last year. You come in, you think you're pretty good after two. I, I, the Gardner Webb game kind of happened the way I thought it would. I thought we'd maybe struggle a little bit. Um, got some very, you know, significant new pieces, especially on defense. Um, well, well Gardner Webb's good too. They were FCS they, they were. last year and played oh, three yeah. FBS opponents very close. Yeah, no, no question about that, and that's hard to explain to just the average person off the street. Like, hey, man, Gardner Webb's actually good. It's like, oh, okay, sure they are, but they, they really, they really were. They're a quality team. So, um, but no, man. So, app fans have known for years that that East Carolina is finally making that trip up. Um, I feel like there are pockets of G five fans and programs that haven't completely left the in, in you know the insane asylum, or that haven't been submitted to the insane asylum of this conference nonsense and we're all kind of looking at each other going like, man, we should play all, why aren't we playing this? Yeah. This is just common sense here. And, um, that, the attitude and the outlook, man, is very positive. Um, a lot of people are excited about going to this game uh-huh. and, um, and it's going to be a big crowd. The weather looks great by the way. So, uh, you, you East, East coast boys, uh, you wouldn't even know that kind of weather in September, but it's, it's looking really awesome. Uh, but culturally, man, we've been ready for this one, and you don't have to worry. It's going to be a packed house. The tailgate lots are going to be full, and um, you're going to see it. we're going to ho- we we host people well, so it's it's a it's going to be a fun time. No doubt about what? it, uh, AJ. What about the? Uh, I know Bubba's talking football. I had another question that came to mind for those higher fans that are coming up. What about the parking and where should they? <laughs> I know it's you uh, got to walk. A long way, yeah, a long walk. But uh, 
what's the best way for people to come into Boone? Yeah, is, is there any paid lots or is it all yeah. on the street or what? Guys, ooh, this is um, – man, I'm like the wrong guy to ask. I've, I've had season tickets for like 13 years, and um, I've had a, a parking spot uh, spot for that many years as well. Bubba may be able to answer this then better than AJ. He, he might be able to. Yes, there there are paid lots. Um, I do think App State fans, especially the ones that have like stuck out through the championship years when tailgating got really, really popular, I think we look at like – a mile walk and think, holy, that's just not, that's out of the question. But it, it, you can go around town, you can find paid lots to park in on the peripheral on the outside of campus. Uh, you can do that. And you, you know, you could park in, um, you know, you can memorize the, the Apple cart routes and t- take the bus if you want to. Um, but honestly, guys, like as much as I'd like to like fake it here, I, I don't have a ton of advice for people like, coming into town i mean we have some churches and and other on the on the outside on the outskirts of campus that you show up and you know pay 20 bucks or whatever and and you could park um but as far as like a comprehensive list man i'm sorry i I just don't have great insight there because i'm i'm so i'm so spoiled i've I've been on campus in my own spot kind of in my own world i haven't really had to deal with that so i'm sorry bobby do you have any advice on parking it up you you you've been (laughs) several games up there it's one of those things um I can I know uh, some of the places to park, but you know not uh, doing it as frequently as I do in Greenville. Obviously, uh, it's, I don't I don't know the names, uh, but uh, but I will share some of that later on. I'll you know I'll look it up on a on Google Maps and you know, share some of that with our fans. But you know, obviously, a lot of folks um, having planned this well in advance, um, they they've um, gone ahead and you know plan and plan for the parking accordingly. But, uh, but AJ, uh, one of the things in mean, Mike Houston day was he really uh, raved the way over um, Frank Potts, the way he'll formation you to death. He said he ne- he very rarely gives you the same look twice, and that makes it challenging to prepare for. He talked about the stretch and inside zone play action, all of those things. Um, but we talked about Joey Aguilar and the success mm-hmm. he's had at quarterback. I know against the Tar Heels. Tell us about Deshaun Davis. Uh, he had seven receptions for, I think it was right around 120 yards mm-hmm. and, yeah, and, man. A, and a heck of a dance in the end zone after he <laughs> caught it, caught, caught that pass. Yeah, listen, uh, Deshaun is a, he's, he's a Miami guy. He's got a lot of glitz and glam. And I, listen, I'm a huge fan of that, by the way, I'm not one of the old, you know, I guess old school guys that, you know, just turn the football into the ref and run the side. I, I like a little celebration, but I like it when you can back it up. Right. So I think that's, that's an important part of the game, but uh, you know, you're so Joey Aguilar, real just real quick. I know that's kind of a hot topic. I haven't even really mentioned that. So Ryan Berger was kind of touted as as the starter, but the whole time the storyline was it was a really close competition, really close competition, and and kind of alluded to it being borderline like a coin flip. Like we'll go with either one, but we'll go with Ryan. And I think that reason probably was because maybe Ryan just made less mistakes in in fall camp. I'm not saying Joey made a lot of mistakes, but they had to pick somebody. And then when, when Ryan got hurt, like broke his hand or whatever, when Joey came in there, and you guys know this, watch enough sports to know this, it's a, it's a lot different to be in a scrimmage or practice or whatever. But when the lights come on and that score, scoreboard counts and it actually is, you know, hey, we're keeping score now, that's a different that's a different thing you cannot practice for, really. Um, and Joey made – I mean, the decision-making, he, he just the quickness in his arm – but that's really not it. I, I think the, his willingness to stand in there and take a hit, he's take, he took some huge hits. 
um, that we um, this past weekend. And he's just an absolute baller. I, I'll I promise you the the coaches and, and the staff up there are thrilled that he's responded to uh, Ryan's injury like this. And um, I don't like speculating on on what's going to happen with Ryan or Joey or anything because I, I think both are awesome young men. We interviewed them on media day. I, I respect both of them, but we're really fortunate for for Joey to be um, with us. But Deshaun um, Deshaun always had it. He always had it. He always had the the skill and the and the speed. But last year, I feel like he maybe had trouble hanging on the ball a little bit. Um, maybe uh, alligator arm some 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 things every once in a while as a you know often a, a quick uh, you know sometimes um, those underneath routes or, or whatever yeah you kind of hear footsteps or, or whatever. But he's gotten faster and he's clearly put in the work because um, he was a he was a tough cookie and uh, Carolina had a hard time uh, playing with him. Um, outran you know the safety in the corner to the, the end zone. Um, on that that really awesome touchdown pass from from Joey uh, in stride, just good athlete, and you heard whispers that like, hey, Deshaun's ready to like explode, right? He's really ready to like have a great year, and man, it's really that's kind of panned out that way so far. Hey Jay, what what, what have you? Um, I don't know if you've done much film study yourself. I don't know how much you do uh personally but uh what what is your take on the pirates so far um i i know coach speak they're gonna say well we've struggled so far but it's the greatest football team they've ever seen in the history of football despite <laughs> before the start um i'm sure that's what your coaching staff said um but w- w- what is your take on what you've seen out of east carolina so far man this this is where you guys really would have rather had my co-host charles haynes um I guess we'll be talking with here in a second uh, to uh, to answer this question, man. I, I appreciate the question, and but I haven't reviewed really any film on on ECU. But I will say this, and I, I kind of tend to lean towards the attitude that the coaches have, which is college football, especially in September, is so crazy. Um, you have to respect the people that are at the top. You got to respect the young men on the field too. But you know, Coach Houston's no slouch. I, I live in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm very familiar with Mike Houston. Him coaching at. Um, Lenore oh, Ryan, I have man. actually have very good friends of mine that were recruited and played for him under a couple of those um, near national championship winners uh, at the D2 level. So me personally, uh, while I haven't seen the film, you you have to, and I'm not, this isn't just me blowing smoke. Um, I respect East Carolina and I'm not, I'm not personally taking this lightly and I don't think App State is either by a long shot. All right, AJ, thank you so much. By the way, before we let you go, I know on, I was getting ready to say Twitter again on X <laughs> at Black and Gold Pod. But how can people follow your work? We do have the mutual respect, not only for the two schools, but you guys do a great job uh, with your show and your uh, pod and with keeping up with everything uh, for App State. How can people find your work? Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. No, and, and the feeling is mutual. Um, really, really is. Uh, so, like you said, at Black and Gold Pod uh, on on X, <laughs> at Black and Gold Podcast on Instagram. You search Black and Gold Podcast on Facebook; it'll pop up somewhere. Um, uh, and and Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, all that good stuff. Search Black and Gold Podcast. You'll you'll see our logo. Uh, and we release episodes every Wednesday morning. Really, like you know, after we record tonight, Bubba's coming on the show here in a second with us. Um, we'll record tonight. Have a couple other guests after him. I'll put that together. It'll be around midnight. I'll release that episode. So we Wednesday typically is when when that hits for folks. Uh, and then we do post game episodes. Um, obviously, those midweek games that we play in the Sun Belt, we only have one this year, thank God. 
Um, but they, they that throws off throws us off schedule a little bit. But uh, typically, we'll always have a, a post game episode ready by lunch on Sunday uh, for those Saturday games. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the deal. All right, look forward to the game on Saturday, and uh, look forward to having you back on soon. Uh, don't be a stranger, to AJ. Enjoy. Absolutely. It. Th- thank you, fellas. Thank you very much. Sure thing. Have a good night. All right, and Kyle, I know that we'll see if Matt can join us in just a second. Bubba is going to head over to the Black and Gold podcast. Does that mean that you're leaving us, Bubba? You're going to the transfer portal? Is that what I'm hearing, Kyle? There, is there such a thing as a transfer portal for the podcast? World? Just temporarily. I, I would draw my name and uh, you know return probably within, within the half hour. All right, well, we're going to miss you for 30 minutes, and we'll get all the fans to hit you up on x and all social media to try to get bubba back to the yeah oh man to the podcast i can't believe he's leaving us kyle you know Dave, some, one, one thing i did want to bring up very quickly before i before I, you know i go join those guys to discuss this matchup yeah. and, and that this is something i meant to bring up in the pirate football playback and made a note of it because it's definitely one of the the major headlines through two games and one of the reasons we are zero and two instead of one and one, and that is the penalties. Um, yep. Last year, you know, we were very good from that standpoint, very disciplined. We only committed fifty six penalties, and more importantly, just thirty seven and a half yards per game in thirteen games. Through two games this year, we've already committed uh, two hundred and thirty yards worth of penalties, um, and so one hundred and fifteen yards per game. So. An additional 78 to 80 yards per game in penalties um, will definitely do it. You think about the other night when we had the chance to make it a two-score game, and I think yep. this was our second possession uh, there on Marshall's side of the field in the fourth quarter uh, when we were leading 13 to 10. Uh, you know, we had a, I think, a hold and an illegal hands to the face by one of our offensive linemen. Wow, God, so that yeah. was. So that yep. that was uh, that really kicked our butt. Yeah, I, and, and uh, the, I hate the hands to the face call. Um, I, I can't. That's one of my least favorite calls in all of college football. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Bubba's right. We uh, we gotta we gotta cut down on the penalties, it's particularly a game against App State. App's a very good football team. Um, they're they're one one of the year. Could easily be two and zero. Uh, we're playing mm-hmm. up at their place in Boone. If we go out there, we don't keep our cool. Um, it could get away from us in a hurry. We're going to have to play our best game of the year uh, to have a chance to win this football game. Um, I think we can. I, I, I Initially, my, your, your, your knee-jerk reaction after a performance like Saturday night in the way I played against North Carolina, it didn't mean a Boone is you're going to get your ass kicked, and we may very well. But I, I look at a couple of things. I do think we're much faster on defense this year than we oh, have yeah. in years past. In years past, um, App runs a lot of stretch with their, with their running plays. Uh, they like to go wide, um, so we should have good speed to the sideline. Though their their running back Nate Noel is very good, mm-hmm. um, but we should match up a little better this year from with that aspect of the game uh, that we did in twenty one. Then it, you flip it, App struggled to stop the run. Now, we have not been able to get our running game going except with the quarterback running Garcia. Like um, 132 but, yards on right. Saturday. But we want to run the ball. So if we can get our running game going, mm-hmm. then it'd be interesting to see. 
Um, it can 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 Flander Garcia throw the ball? Because if I'm out, I stack the box and exactly. I say beat us throwing. And um and and Houston alluded to that in the press conference today. He said, you know, it'll what we do offensively is going to depend on how Appalachian State's defending us. So um he's a maybe anticipating them stacking the box. So um that'll be interesting to see what we do. Uh we, we, we can't go out there and bash bangs or hit bang our heads up against the wall if they stack the box against us. So I don't know, it's interesting. if we can execute, I think we match up okay with them. Uh, if we can execute, that's the whole damn thing. I, we haven't executed so far this year, exactly. offensively and defensively. Uh, we've executed at times. Uh, at other times, we've looked like buffoons. So, um, can we execute for four quarters? Can we find an offense? Um, I don't know. I, I I got a feeling. Maybe it's just hopefulness. I got a feeling this is going to be a lot closer game than I think most Pirates fans think it's yep. going to be. Yeah, and you we talk about penalties. Uh, that, that Bubba's absolutely right on that. You know, Kyle, one of the things I was thinking about, one of the positions you talk about a lot, uh, looking back at the game, you know, you had wide receivers running the same routes when they were supposed to run different routes. You had drop passes. When we talk about the passing game, you know, yes, some of it's on Mace, Mason, of course, being inexperienced. But at the same time, one of the things he was doing is when – the guy didn't run, for example, he was supposed to run a hitch route, didn't. Um, he's supposed to throw to the guy with, that's a hitch route. Yes, he needs to work, you know, on the reads, but um, you I hope that everyone, you know, you always hear that the quarterback gets too much praise and too much criticism, but uh, there was a lot of blame to go around, including uh, the coaching staff. Let's see some trick plays. Let's see uh, what, what Marshall, what's crazy, Kyle, as you, texted us in the group text stevie and i were saying at virtually the same time it was almost like we were in the same room together this is a time going back to that marshall game that we need to do a trick play well we kind of were in the same room together yeah exactly the same stadium anyway <laughs> yeah. right and, and it was funny because we had all of us had that same feeling if you're ever going to do a trick play now is the time yeah and, and what you're talking you about is and, and what dave's talking about is is when when we were up thirteen ten, we had the ball um, in, in, in Marshall territory. Yeah, it did the offense you know hadn't really been able to get a lot going. It was the perfect time to run a trick play, and um, we didn't do it. Ended up missing the field goal. Marshall comes out and runs a trick play, scores a touchdown. So it, it was uh, you know because they they were in the same boat. They were they were having trouble getting anything going offensively. Right. And then once they hit that trick play, it snowballed. A, a trick what a trick play does for you. In a lot of games, particularly in a situation like that in the fourth, where in our case it would have put the game away, and in Marshall's case yeah. it did put the game away. What it does is give you so much momentum. I think if we would have, exactly. I, I, I think the same. I think we would have ended up winning that game. At least I, I, I think it would have snowballed the other way had we scored exactly. down there. That would have been like a yeah. And what I really would like to know, and you can't have, you know, you, you don't. It's not saying you, you can't go back. If we'd have made the field goal there. And went up by six. It would have been interesting to see because we still had all the momentum there. They right. they're, they're coming out after you know who knows if they still run the trick play. Even if they do and hit it, they're only up by one. Um, so many that game just got away from us. I don't think I've ever Quickly. seen a game that it felt like we were getting ready to put away, if not take full control of, despite the way the offense played, and it just completely got away from us in a matter of about five minutes. 
Yeah. And it, I've, I've never seen anything quite like that. And, um, and despite the piss poor passing performance, we still have a chance to win the game. So that's yeah. encouraging. That That is encouraging that we played as bad as we did offensively and still had a chance to win that football game. So um, if, if you can find some semblance of an offense this week, if you can establish a run, if you can get some 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 of the, the passing game going, obviously, you know, who knows? I, I, I do think of the three games we played, App has the weakest defense of the three we've played so far. But they probably – you know, Michigan has the most talented offense, but in terms of an offense to sit up to score fast, App probably has the best scheme on offense yep. that we've seen so far. Um, not the best players. Michigan, obviously, has the best players, but they have the best offensive scheme. Um, but, you know, it, it, I do think we'll score on them. We will put up – if we don't – I'll be shocked. If we don't put up more points this week than we have so far this year, I'll, I'll, I'll be extremely shocked. And – I mean, I, I hope it's significantly more points, but um, we've only scored one damn touchdown so far this year, and that was on short field. So we we really have got to get something going this week offensively. If not, you know, if we go out there and lose, you know, 31 to 10 or something like that, I, again, this week, um, oof, I, yeah, it, will, it will not be a lot of fun going into that Gardner-Webb game. No, and that – the thing is, is that we we talked about this as I did in a group text. We were talking tonight, but we how many times um, in the preseason have we talked about the two most important games on the schedule are Marshall and App State, one home, one away. Uh, you feel like that you got a shot in both games. Not that the, they're the only games you can win, but here's the thing: like we talked about, Kyle, you could easily be after Saturday night, you can be zero and three. But the good news is. Uh, just like you said, if uh, even if we lose this game, and I think we can win the game, but let's say hypothetically we lose a close game, you feel like you've got a good chance against Gardner-Webb. Um, that's going to be a closer game than what it was in 2019. They are not a cupcake for people that look on the schedule that don't follow sports or they don't follow college football closely. Gardner-Webb is a good team. That's not yeah, dating. A lot, a lot of people don't follow FCS football. So, yeah, no, right. Gardner-Webb is – go check the scores from last year. They they played, played, Mar- they played Marshall. For about, what, three quarters? Say what now? I said they played App State a couple weeks ago close until the – Yes, until the, until, until the fourth quarter, yeah. yeah. Um, they, they, played, uh, they played Marshall close last year, Coastal, and Liberty. They gave all three of them a football game. And then um, – like three FBS teams this year they're playing two and uh you know it's kind of their formula um I'm sure they're doing it for not financial reasons but I think it's also seems to be a good formula for them to get them ready for FCS competition and uh I like their offense a lot um you know I was skipping ahead talking about Gardner Webb but uh I was actually just pondering things and I you know I no need to throw that out there right now I'll save it but um I, I like their offense a lot no question about it and uh, again if you're uh, you're saying, hey, you know, Gardner Webb, we can win that one. Well, you need to look at last year. There were several uh, close games they had in, for FBS opponents. Well, hell, just look at us in this 21 year. against Charleston Southern. Yeah, I mean, and they weren't even good, right? So, I mean, I you know, no, I mean, that's that's two weeks away. Obviously, App State's the opponent, and and right. uh, we're not overlooking yeah, App State. No, we're we're doing it the <laughs> other way. It's almost like we're we're assuming we're going to lose, and we're looking forward to Gardner Webb. Uh, but it, I, I, nobody's overlooking that. No, of course no. not. They're, they're, they're 
nine and a half point favorite. Um, so, I mean, it's, look, it, it's going to be, we are going to have to play our best football. And, you, you, you know, sometimes, sometimes you, you need a team not to play their best football. Who knows what can happen? Look, I, right. you know, they may come throw out, throw a couple picks. Junior, they've, they've already lost one quarterback. You know, I, I, I'm not saying this. Look, not suggesting we take any kind of dirty hits, but, you know, you never know. Aguilar could go out in the first quarter and they have to play the third-string quarterback. You, you never know what can happen in a football game. So I, I would not, from a talent standpoint, they are not Michigan. It's not like we can't match up with them if we execute and we have some semblance of a game plan on offense and we have a quarterback and receivers that can execute it. Hey, Kyle, did you see what happened last night on Monday Night Football? Uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers went out, um, for the year. No, look, we're not, we're not talking about, again, no, very no, clear. No, we're, we're not hoping that Aguilar goes out. We're not hoping no. that at all. Just saying that could, you know, anything could happen. As we bring in Matt Semenza, he knows all about the good luck of the Jets. And then they had it again last night. We're talking about, uh, Aguilar. We don't want him to go down, but anything is possible on Saturday, Matt. And, you know, you're in the New York area being in Connecticut, uh, they put so – I'll say this real quick and we'll get back to the App State game, but I can't believe they put so much into Rodgers and now he was their savior. He's gonna, He's happy, finally happy. He's not in Green Bay anymore. And then what was it, in a few minutes in the first quarter, he's gone. It's, it's kind of a cursed franchise, honestly. And you, I'm not even a Jets fan, but I feel bad. Yeah. I mean, legitimately bad you. for Jets fans and the entire organization to invest that kind of money. Um, and to put that much work into it. And then in a, basically the first game, the guy ruptures his Achilles. And that's a bad, bad break. So, you know, you, you have to, I mean. More ways than one. Yeah. I mean, you have to feel for that program. But these More things happen. Dave, yeah. the logo. Um, I'm trying to, dude. Uh, I'm trying to, okay. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm there. I'm behind it. I'm hiding. Peaky boo. Um, that's pretty gay. Um, look, no. No. Uh, <laughs> Things happen. Let's hope they don't. Uh, so for Aguilar, I'm, I'm sorry I brought it up now, but yeah, for Aaron Rodgers, uh, tough break for the Jets and for and for Aaron Rodgers. Matt, um, you, you missed uh, AJ from the uh, Black and Gold podcast. The App State representative Bubba has left us now. He went and joined their podcast. Yeah, but we kind of broke down the game so far. But what what, what are your thoughts first all? Uh, we talked about it Sunday night, but uh, what do you want to see from East Carolina offensively? Besides the obvious, you just want to see improvement in some semblance of a passing game. But what would you really like to see this week offensively from East Carolina, win or lose, that would make you feel better about things uh, after that Marshall game? Yeah, I mean, I want to see an aggressive offense. I want to see a little more tempo. Um, I want to see us throw the ball to set up the run. Um, I don't want to see us just pound it into the middle of the line over and over and, and, and go nowhere. Um, so just a more aggressive kind of free play from the offense. And, you know, personally, I, I would like to see Flynn be given an opportunity this week to get a start. You know, I mean, listen, we heard all off season that these guys were neck and neck and that this was a true quarterback competition. Now, if it's a true quarterback competition, then this kid deserves a chance to start. I think he's looked more comfortable over the first few weeks. 
And, you know, I, I think, and by no means am I throwing Mason away. No, that's not what I'm saying here. But what I'm saying is he deserves an opportunity this week. So that that's what I'm looking for. Aggressive offense, up-tempo, and I'd like to see Flynn. I, I, my thing is uh, when you said you made a point, Matt, that that came to mind on Saturday night, um, I get home about 10 o'clock and I'm going, you know, instead of you, you talk me off the ledge, Matt, thank you for talking to me on Saturday night. It was great therapy. I appreciate I owe you a lot on that because I was so angry. But the one thing after you and I got off the phone, I forgot to tell you guys that Matt triggered is that very thing of, what if we, and and I don't want to give App State anything, but it seemed like, what was that? Was it the third quarter guys? Help me remember um, when we went one time when it seemed like we were going up-tempo and I was getting excited and then we kind of went away from it? Or am I just making that up? In the uh, we, we ran a little bit better tempo um, when, when on that drive where um, where um, Mason was, was doing a lot of running and he really had the quarterback run going. Yeah, we went a little bit more up tempo on that drive. Matt, do you do you think, and Kyle, do you think that's something that I'm not saying we have to do it all game, but is that something that we could do to to kind of keep the defense honest? I mean, I'm just trying to think of anything I can, but that was something that came to mind. Like I said, after we talked on Saturday night, uh, probably about eleven yeah, o'clock. If we practice it on a regular basis, you know, you ain't just pulling it out your ass. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. If we have it in our arsenal, yeah. If you you throw some tempo at them, and you know we normally don't do much tempo. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a good change of pace if we can execute it into something we practice on a regular basis. Absolutely, Kyle. That's the that's what you mentioned. Change of pace, and that's what I'm looking for. You know, I know this isn't the you know the Lincoln Riley offense where we're going to come out and go up tempo all the time, um, but change of pace. You you blend it in throughout the game. You know, maybe maybe even even once or twice a half just to show something different, especially when your offense is stagnant, it's struggling, you're not really going anywhere. I think a little up-tempo can kind of um, put you into a little bit of a rhythm. Um, and, and in addition, what I like is it, it gets the defense on their heels and they can't substitute uh, as easily. Speaking of uh, change of pace, one thing that <sighs> – at least for two games. What I, if it were me, and I, you know, these guys can play a lot more than I do. I would start out with Flynn, and then what I would do is draw up specific packages, like the old Wildcat. You remember when everybody used to have a Wildcat quarterback? That was the phase, you know, or yeah, the, the you know, oh six, oh seven, oh eight. I, I would, I would, I would, you know, draw up some Wildcat, some type packages for Mason. I would start Flynn and have some specific packages drawn up for Mason to utilize his legs, which is what he's comfortable doing. And then, then you give the defense two things to look at. You give them something else to prepare for. And, and Mason knows I'm going in now to run the ball. And and then, you know, what you may have is a situation where they see Mason, they bring up their their, their they, they bring up their safeties to, to stack the box because they know he's going to run it. And then maybe you, you hit them with a little pop pass or you know, something like that or you go over, you go over the top. Um, but that's what I would do. I would start fleeing and then draw up some specific packages for Mason. Kyle, I love it. I mean, especially like, you know, you get in the red zone inside the 10 yard line and now you could, you could blend in some different things with Mason. Um, some, some, some quarterback power, which is where he has looked most comfortable so far. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a great idea and, and there's really no reason not to do it. Um, and that's why I'm still kind of perplexed when I look back at the Marshall game that we didn't try to mix it up at quarterback a little bit. It was pretty obvious. I could tell you why, because Mason weren't turning the ball over at that point. Um, and, and we were in the game. So I know how Houston thinks he's a, he's a defense. He don't mind winning a game 13 to 10. He would have been perfectly happy doing that. And, I, and I'm, I'm good with that as long as we win. Win the game. But it, it just didn't work out that way for us. But, you know, Mason won't turn the ball over, so he won't pull on him. And, you know, then, of course, he ends up panicking and throwing the pick late. That, uh, and, and that's the thing, guys, with the having two quarterbacks that we do. It's not like Mason Garcia is our only option. And, you know, we have people here on our chat say, that, like James Cutler, yes, start Flynn. You know, to me, uh, when you have two options and you have guys that, you know, Matt, I was thinking uh, because you floored, uh, followed the program in Florida with being his wife, if you didn't know, guys, people that didn't know, ladies, uh, his wife, Chrissy, went to UFF. And at Florida, you remember having Chris Leak and Tim Tebow? I mean, I'm not saying that our guys are that level, but I'm just simply saying it can work to have two quarterbacks and um, and both guys have the potential to play well even together. I don't yeah. agree with that. Two, two means you don't have one. I, I think if you do it right, you can have two. Um, and and yeah. I don't even think you have to start playing. You can start. In fact, if you, it may be a good idea to start Mason, come out doing nothing but running wildcat type stuff, running the ball, run, running the the you know the the, the the QB power stuff, and, and, and then all of a sudden on the next series, put Flynn in. To run your traditional offense, he yep. may throw them off even more doing it that way. I hadn't thought about it. that's a good point, Kyle. Yeah, Matt, as far as the defense goes, um, you know, we we're talking about the offense, but with the offense uh, stalling so much, that defense has played a lot better. And so that's what I was frustrated about. Is you see that number up there, you know, and you see 31 points, and you're going, man, that's so dis to me. It's so deceiving because I felt like they played so well, and all of a sudden, run, run, long third down pass, punt well, the ball. Seven of that was pick six. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's and good. you know, it's you, our defense tends to give up that one big play every game. You know, it, it seems like there's always one play where there's a deep shot, or and and you know, you look back at the uh, the double pass, the some you know the trick play. We were in quarters coverage on that play, and if if you if you go back and look at first glance, you think that our safety busted, and it was Julius Wood at safety when the when the flare pass went out to the running back, the first pass, he immediately jumped it. I mean, he had a head of steam. Um, he charged the football. The problem is our corner did the same thing. So you had two guys basically vacate that entire half of the field. And so it was just a bust. It was an absolute bust. And those are things you just can't have. You know, you just can't have those things. You know, you think back to Navy last year. Our defense played awesome the whole game. They got us on one play action play for about 70 yards. So it's just those. You, it's, you, I know it's only one play, but you have to find a way to limit those if you're going to win. And Matt was scary is, you know, when you look at app, they like to run that stretch and then they, then they get you, they get your safeties playing up and then they hit you over the top on the play action, kind of what you're just describing now with the double pass. 
So we we can't have look. Let the safety do his job. Corner, you stay back there. Let 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 the safeties come up to tackle. Corner's got to be deeper than the deepest. Exactly, because if we you know if we have busts this week, it's going to be a lot of big plays because App is they're pretty elite at running that play action. What about with with us with our defense? Uh, do you think we can get pressure? Matt on Aguilar. I mean, can we make him, you know, like give him all kinds of fits? Because we have that's the thing. The defense, there's talent. Uh, you and I, I think all of us agree that uh, we've got to see more from most definitely the offensive line, but the defense itself, uh, a lot of talent there, guys. And I'd like to see some pressure on Aguilar and to, to really make him, you're going to have to beat us. Well, give him all, all day to throw. Kind of what they do, Dave, is, is they work that play action so much, which kind of limits your pressure. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you'd you like to be able to get pressure on them. Uh, the biggest thing, is to, I think, against App is is to if, – if you can contain – if you can contain Nate Noel in that stretch run and, and then just, just – it's like Coach Houston said, have good eye discipline um, in the back end, then you you, 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 you – you stand a chance against them, but can we do that? Right. And I think we're much better equipped to handle that running game this year than we've been in the past. You know, you look back to Charlotte a few years ago, they, they gashed us with the stretch. And, you know, I think we're in a much better position this year to stop it. Um, but, you know, the secondary has to step up this week. They can't give up big plays and, you know, they can't give up these penalties, um, late hits yes. out of bounds, um, holding, you know, uh, pass interference, things like that. I mean, those are those are game changers, especially when you're in third and long. You know, we have so many opportunities this year where we get people in third and 10, third and 12, and we give up first downs. And, and those are things that just get you beat. Yeah, and I'm with you. I, I, I kind of brought that up earlier that, I think our team speed on defense is much better now than it was in 21. And when you and when you're playing a team that likes to run it wide on you, um, having that sideline, having that sideline sideline speed, uh, is is critical. That's yeah. That's the very thing, guys. Is the when you talk about the secondary. What about um, Matt? Your position being linebacker. Uh, how, how would you over the last two games? I know Michigan's really hard to really look at it, but how, over the last two games, first two games of the season, however you want to say it, what about the linebacker play? What do you what are you seeing there? That how can we how can we improve there? Because you always need that to uh, stop the run, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the front seven and the linebackers have been really stout against the run. In general, I think where we've struggled at outside linebacker is getting pressure on the quarterback. And it's not from a lack of calling, you know, or dialing up pressure from Blake Harrell. I mean, he's he's trying to bring pressure. We're just not getting home. And those are just individual battles. You have to find a way to win up front. Um, you know, I don't know if there's some things we can clean up from a technique perspective, but Definitely outside linebackers have to find a way. When we when we dial pressure, you have to get home because this is what happens. You leave your secondary on an island and they can't cover forever. And it just leads to huge pass plays. So it's it's that's been problematic for this team this year when you really, you know, when you really look at it, Dave. Gotta take like you said, uh, the biggest thing, the biggest storyline so far 
uh, for a Mike Houston team, you don't usually see the lack of discipline. And, you know, I was telling you guys on my side, on the south side, the press box side, if you will, TBT, that late hit was not even close. It was so far out of bounds near the Gatorade cooler that, you know, that is totally unacceptable. Would you guys tell that player you're not playing again if you do something like that? I mean, it comes to me Supposedly that I'm just... Supposedly he did. Supposedly okay. they, that that player did not return to the game. That's that's my understanding of it. Okay, um, I was really upset with that play. That You know, there's some that are questionable when they call them and you throw your hands up. Come on, let him play football. Who but that made one, that play? I, I'm, I'm even, I, I can't remember. remember. I can't remember who it was. Do you remember? Uh, it was the oh, – jeez, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The safety transfer from UNC, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, well, uh, I, you know, he, he's a talented guy, uh, but he, he, he can't do that crap. You got you got to keep your cool. And uh, there may be a reason he transferred uh, – that Mac Brown wanted him gone. Uh, maybe he uh, can, can't keep his cool. And uh, you like that. You, you like a guy with a temper and some fire. But uh, do, do it between the whistles. Speaking of which, uh, guys, I wanted to bring this up before I forget because we're getting close to the hour mark. We try really hard to keep shows an hour, but sometimes we, between the hosts and our great listeners and viewers and callers, we go a little bit long. Um, but, guys, today I heard uh, after the – I don't know if it's a press conference. Maybe we can find it and we'll put it up on social media. Uh, but after the Texas loss, Alabama head coach Nick Saban – I guess you guys know who he is – he said – a great thing for it, and it relates to us being the Pirates for this week. He said, literally, we can quit, we can accept mediocrity, or we can fight like hell. And if I'm going to Boone on Saturday, I'm going to fight like hell. How about you guys? Oh, we better. We better. That's one thing we better see Saturday. If I see any quitting these guys, uh, if I don't see them give them 100% busting ass against friggin' App State, in in-state rival, they look. You you, you want to you spit the truth? Since they've become FBS, they they've kind of taken our place. They kind of have become what we were. They have stolen our identity. Go get your identity back. Go punch them in the mother. Go punch them in the mouth and take your goddamn identity back. If you if if you have any chutzpah, if you got any testosterone, if you got purple pirate blood flowing through your veins, if you are a pirate. Go take who you are back because App State has become what we were. They're the giant killers. They're the school people talk about in North Carolina. Go, go take who you are back. App has stole, App has stole our shit. They have stole our identity. Go get it back. We're pirates. We take shit. They've stolen who we were. Go get your identity back, pirates. Go take the game and boom this weekend. Matt, are you going to come down from Connecticut and you're going to take some things? I'm not. You know what? I I <laughs> I think Kyle just did such a good job on that. I don't have anything else to add. I'm going to leave it right at that because that was a. Uh, I loved it. Loved Vintage. it. Kyle's right. Absolutely right. Yeah, and if you can't, let me tell you something. If you can't get up for this game, then what's wrong with you? Because uh, Matt, early in the show when we had AJ on for the Black and Gold podcast. I don't know how you feel, but I, I really like this rivalry, and I'd like to play this game every single year. Some people may think that I'm stretching that, but I, I really—that's how much. I, I think it would be a great example to sit to North Carolina, North Carolina State, about not wanting to play ECU and App. I think ECU and App should play this game every year, if not every year, then every other year. 
Um, and, you know, yep. maybe you don't want to do it every year. Do it every other year. Uh, either way, it needs to be. And I think it will be, Dave. I, I think, at least I hope. I know their AD wants to do it. I hope Gilbert does. He does. Uh, Gilbert does. Actually. Okay. Well, then it'll, it'll be done. The, the, I, I would expect to see a long-term series signed between these two schools. Uh, maybe, you know, like we have with Old Dominion coming up in the future, where it's going to be a, a, a if not yearly, and every other year type thing. And I have no problems with the ODU series, Matt, because it's close by, and they actually bring a lot of fans to Dowdy Ficklin. Um, it's not too far for us, those of us that are in, North, in eastern North Carolina. In my case, northeastern North Carolina is about two hours away from, from my house, so not a far drive for ODU. But as far as App State is concerned, um, there's some Pirate fans that like look down on App State, and I'm going, are you kidding me? Well, if you still have that attitude about that, say you are yeah. in a delusional world. Though, yeah, those days are, you know, I, I'll be honest, about 10 years ago, you know, I, I did have that feeling about App where I had really no interest in, in playing them that often uh, or, or going out to Boone. But you know what the thing is about App? I respect that program because yep. they've they've done it the right way. They've they've proven themselves. They've they win big games and they do it almost every year now. And you have to respect that. They've they've definitely earned my respect and for whatever that's worth. And you know, I have no problem playing them. I, I think every other year is really I think that's a great way to do it because it keeps everything exciting fresh. and fresh. Um, so I, I would love to see that. And let me ask you guys this. Uh, they Some people didn't. I know Gilbert doesn't like the one thing he said. He doesn't like that game, the neutral side game in Charlotte. He likes the home and home. Um, what do you guys feel about that? Um, I, you know, I, I I think it's okay every now and then. Uh, I, I think uh, – you know, well, we, well, the reason we did that with that um, at the time was when they first moved up to SBS, we signed the series. And it's two in Greenville, one in Charlotte, one in Boone. And the first right. two were played in Charlotte and Boone, and the next were played in Greenville. So that won't be the way going forward. It'll be a home-and-home, home, Boone and Greenville only. Um, a neutral site game in Charlotte uh, against uh, against a ACC school or an SEC school, I think that's fine. And that may be, you know, one of our only opportunities to play an ACC or SEC or an SEC school after the ones we have scheduled are, um, are off the schedule, uh, at least as long as things are like they are. So uh, I, I don't have a problem playing games in Charlotte. I don't know that you need to play the App State game in Charlotte again. Yeah, I agree with that. You have two really good settings, two really good fan bases. So I I think it's better to keep this on campus and, you know, just, uh, you know, alternate locations. As far as the uh, speaking of uh, teams not playing Appalachian State or East Carolina, um, you guys are are like me. I'm like, if I have to get the governor, the state legislature, whoever I have to get, or I'm going to call some of Matt's friends in New Jersey. Bada-bing! Bada-boom! I mean, whatever we have to do to get them to play us. Because I think it's ridiculous that Mac Brown, you know, Matt and Kyle, Matt, you're a huge competitor. And if if you're Mac Brown, you're you're a legendary coach. You've won a national championship. You were great at Carolina before. you kind of got things back on track now. And just because you've had two close games against App State, you're not going to play them anymore? Are you kidding me? What kind I know, of he lost to him once too? 
It, but that 2019, yeah. But I'm just saying, um, App State is respectable. This isn't a cupcake team, and it's so ridiculous that that mentality. That is why, if you wonder, if North Carolina fans wonder, why do people hate cool. us so much? I'll tell you I why. It was 21 that they beat that they beat UNC. No, it was 19. It was four years ago. Um, but anyway, it was a matter of the problem is the arrogance that we're better than you and we're not going to play you because we're better than you. We're supposed to beat you. That is nonsense. You're scared to play us. And the reason you're scared, how about North Carolina? You know, on North Carolina, well, they, they, they are scared to play us. They're scared to play us because they're going to lose. And, you know, Mac Brown made the comment that, you know, uh, his comment was, we're not going to play at App State anymore. We'll let East Carolina and NC State do that. And, and, uh, you know, they, Coach Houston was asking play Minnesota, about that. Right? You'll play uh, Minnesota. Exactly. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. But the, um, Mac Brown, um, you know, but Coach Houston was asked by Patrick Johnson on the, uh, whatever the hell the Mike Houston show is called now. They changed the name of it. Um, on, on the, a pirate yeah, athletics or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was asked about those comments by Mac, and I initially liked Houston's response. Then he went a little deeper and kind of said he understood where Mac was coming from, and uh, did not like my um, Coach Houston's answer there that that you know they really don't have anything to gain by playing those games against East Carolina and App State. Uh, it, the way Mike should have answered that question, even though I know he has a lot of respect for Mac Brown and their friends, uh, the way he should answer that question is simple, and it's the truth. He said, well, they just don't want to play. He should have just said they don't want to play us in Appalachia State because they're scared to lose to us. And that is the truth. It is, it, it is, it is literally the truth. It, it's, just yep. the, it's just the proper way to word it. They're going to word it differently. We don't have anything to gain from it. Well, that means it's because you're scared to lose to us. Because if you were beating them, you, you don't have anything to gain by playing Western Carolina either, but you have no problem playing them because you're going to beat the crap out of them. The, right. the, the the reason Mac Brown and don't want to play East Carolina or App and the reason Dave Doran don't want to play East Carolina or App anymore is because they're scared they're going to lose to us. And that that was the answer. That's how that question should have right. been answered uh, by Mike Houston, in my opinion. He should have just said simply, well, they don't want to play us and they don't want to play App because they're scared <laughs> to lose to us or they yeah. don't want to lose to us. Matt, can you imagine, <laughs> Matt, I know this for a fact. Coach Steve Logan has talked about this. I wish I could. I wish we could beam him in right now. Well, yeah, Logan used to say that, that we should play if he was the head coach at NC State or they did, and he said he'd schedule East Carolina every year yep. and tell them it's just as important as the UNC game. And they probably, yep. yeah, and it makes sense if you he, if you make the game just as important as ECU or App makes it, then chances are you're going to win it more often. Yeah, yep. yeah, and the fact and, that uh, he was talking about Mac Brown. That uh, they they exchanged letters back in the day in the '90s, and you know we how how many years was it, guys? Twenty years we went without playing, and it was after Mac Brown left before we played Carolina again, and we beat them in '81, and then it, in Chapel Hill, and they wouldn't play us, and and they and <laughs> Logan was awesome. I wish I could recall everything he was talking about it, but uh, if we ever get a chance, or I'll get uh, Patrick Johnson and and company. To ask him on 94.3 the game or um, Philip the ref, uh, ref Pilkington um, because that to me is is totally ridiculous and Matt you're a competitor I mean you're the kind of guy I love that's why I love Matt and thank God he's my friend if you haven't seen Matt Simmons he's huge um, John Morgan. <laughs> I don't know about that but <laughs> uh, are you talking about fire hoses again Dave 
No, I'm not talking about <laughs> oh, fire hoses. Oh, okay. I didn't say he was a firefighter or anything like that. Okay. Um, but uh, no, seriously, Matt is the kind of guy like you know you want if you ever are in it in a bar fight, you you hope that Matt Simmons is your friend and he's there with you. But anyway, um, for me, Matt, you're a competitor. What does it say about a coach or any kind of player like Caleb Williams when he acts like we didn't care about a game? I mean, this kind of stuff, nonsense. I wish people would actually have the guts. I know it's Mac Brown. I know he's older now. But say, coach, you're supposed to be a coach, aren't you? A competitor? And you're supposed to, you know, you're North Carolina. Don't you? You're Mac Brown. Can't you get all these four stars and five stars? And you mean, don't you have superior talent than East Carolina and App State? But yet you would rather not play App State. And East Carolina because you're scared. I mean, why doesn't anybody call him out? Yeah, and I mean, I thought Mac Brown's comments were they were perfect for a North Carolina coach. That elitist mentality. We're too good for you. We're too good to play you. And honestly, he came across. I'm gonna. It's a strong word. He came across as a, as a coward. I really feel yep. like because that's exactly his, what he is. You know, his team got pushed to the brink. The other day against against little little old app, two and, years in a row. And what do you do? You come out after the game and you make a comment like that. And you know, <laughs> listen, nobody does less with more as Chapel Hill. I mean, that nobody does less with more than UNC football. Mac hey, has man. not been Mac has not been great since he's returned there. And but I'll tell you, like I expect that kind of thing from. NC State in North Carolina. I expected. I was disappointed in Mike Houston's comments um, yeah. with with when when Patrick Johnson, I believe it was, asked him that question. You know, he said he understood the comments, and I, I agree with Kyle on that. No, 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 we don't understand those comments. We don't. We don't understand that. Right. We disagree with that. That's the coward's way out. Oh, he, and he could have even simple than that, Matt. He could have just said like, he, "Well, he's just saying that because." He, he, he don't want to lose to him, and, and he just left it there. That's the truth. Right. But why say I understand? No, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. There's a reason yeah. why he said it. There's a reason why he said it. The rumor is, and notice I said rumor, so for people at the Ward Sports Medicine Building, uh, don't get mad at me, but the rumor is. The next head coach there is going to be their OC. Well, their dream job for Houston is North Carolina. That's what I've heard multiple times. So that would make, if that's true, if that is true, that makes sense why he was very diplomatic when he should Well, have said I also it. know this, Dave. Um, he was a huge Mac Brown fan um, in yep. the 90s, and he's yep. a friend of him now. Um, I, I don't know that Mike Houston thinks he's going to be the head coach of North Carolina one day, but I do know he, he, uh, he may like Mac Brown a little bit too much. Yeah, and, and think, let's think about it from this perspective. Kyle, you and I are friends. If I said that, you would call me out in less than 10 <laughs> seconds. Definitely. Right? Yes. yes definitely. So, listen, I mean, that's just, you know. If you're the head coach of East Carolina and you and Kyle are friends and all of a sudden Matt says, you know, I can understand about North Carolina, why they wouldn't want to play us. And Kyle would be on the fifth quarter or any other show going, are you serious? Are you serious, Matt Semenza? I expected more of you. I can hear him now. And Absolutely. And I, and I respect that. You know, and I and I really wish Coach Houston would have, you know, you know, spoke up a little bit against that and really, you know, right. had a had a, a stronger stance. 
Yeah, like and, like, and like I said, and, and like I said, he didn't even have to go there. All he could have just said was, you know, the reason they don't want to play East Carolina and Appalachian State because they don't want to lose to us. And just we let it lay there. Carolina. That's yeah, it. We've, been, we've beaten Carolina the last three times. And the one thing I'll give Gilbert credit for, he is trying for the State and Carolina series. But, you know, it's going to take – now it's going to take time. I'm going to say this. Call your state legislature, the state legislators – and tell them that we need to get this done, okay? And, and tell we them, need to set the example. That's why I say we need to make sure we have a long-term home and home with App State. Yep. Go ahead and get that done. And you know what? If you want to play your, you know, NC State, you guys remember this? They wouldn't play East Carolina because it was a, uh, the riot in 1987. It's a national schedule. Every excuse in the book. It took uh, the Peach Bowl to get us, and then... Of course, uh, Dave Hart worked things out there, um, there, but we need to have NC State, North Carolina, and they could be on a rotation every two and, or three years. Well, like I said, I would approach state legislature like this, but it, and we're going to wrap the show up here soon, yep. at least with my portion of it. The um, the what I would approach North the leg, I, I would go along with App State, and I think East Carolina and App State should approach legislation and be very regional, very reasonable that NC State and UNC. We'll play East Carolina and App State twice every 10 years. Okay, so what that means is NC State, UNC will play East Carolina both twice in a 10-year period. So you say, well, that's not enough. Well, when you look at it, that means about every three years, UNC or NC State is going to be on the schedule. You'll have one or the other on the schedule. So to me, that's very reasonable. You're not asking to play them every year. You're not asking to play them every other year. You're literally asking for four games, or yeah, four games over a 10-year period um, between the two schools, eight games when you count both schools, East Carolina and App, uh, between NC State and UNC. If you play them both um, twice, home and home, over a 10-year period. And another thing, um, back to the Charlotte thing, um, if UNC or NC State don't want to play us home and home anymore, then why don't we propose that we play them once every two or three years, maybe at least once every five years, um, we play them in Charlotte on a neutral field. There's no home and home. We'll just play you or you say in Charlotte, uh, you know, once every three or four years, um, play them on a neutral site. Uh, there, there should be a way to make this happen. Oh, most definitely. And I mean, the, you got to be aggressive with these people that are cowards and, you know, that's what they are. Call them out, call them out. If, uh, you know, we have representatives in the state uh, legislature, State senators, state reps. I don't care if you're Democrats, Republicans. What I care about, if you're Jim Perry, a lot of the guys, Bobby Haynig, uh, Shelley Willingham, all these guys, uh, the men and women in North Carolina, let's get it done. Because let's look at the economic impact of uh, Keenan Stadium. Do you think they're going to get? Let me ask you guys this question: Are you going? <laughs> this is an easy one. Do you think they're going to get more appeal for a game where East Carolina goes to Chapel Hill um, or Minnesota go into Chapel Hill? Who cares more about that game? Well, the, the whole problem of, 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 of this now, Dave, and you, you're right, but they don't even need the, the ticket revenue that much because of TV contracts. They say they're so, not getting enough money in the ACC, don't they? Well, they're crying well, to the rooftops. They're crying. We don't have you, enough money. Can you imagine Tom, having that problem? Can you imagine having that problem? Yeah, I know, right. 30 million, 30, 35 million, yeah. Yeah, oh I, my God. I, I, I would, I'd be happy with half that. Get us up to 15 million. I'd be tickled. You know, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, but poor, poor struggling Carolina. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's just a good old boys club sticking together, Dave. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's just the, you know, the P five sticking together and, you know, just keeping, you know, the little guy down. That's what college football. That's why know, it sucks. That's what's really sad about college football is that Amen. To, me, to me, it's the greatest sport we have, but it's also the most un-American sport in a lot of ways in terms yep. of it is virtually impossible to break through. It's virtually impossible. If you, you weren't a, like a marquee program 75 years ago, right. you know, it's so hard to break through. And wow. the system is designed almost to keep you down. It I mean, think about, think about it like this. Like we, we've seen a few teams have breakthrough moments, right? We saw Boise have their big moment. Well, not really. Boise, that was about to use as an example. If you're not the right media market, you can break through and they'll just keep you down. I mean, Boise has had all these moments, like you said, and now they're still in the Mountain West. You know, now they're mediocre. They didn't. They, they never got the move up. UCF and Cincinnati, thankfully, were in big cities. Utah and Salt Lake, TCU and um in Fort Worth, all of them got to move up. You know, you, you, God Almighty, just a few years ago, we were in the same league. Forget Cincinnati and TCU and or Cincinnati, Houston, and um and uh, UCF, who just moved up. Just a few years ago, we were in the same league with TCU that just played for the national championship. Yep. So if you're in a big market and all of a sudden you start having success, you get a chance to move up. But if you're Boise State or East Carolina, you're stuck. Well, that's that's the reason when you guys talk about um, college football versus the NFL, the NFL does it right. And, you know, the college, that's what frustrates me is I'm a, I'm a fan of both. But it makes me mad. If your team in the NFL wins enough games, 10 or 11 games, more, more than likely you're going to be a wild card team. Not always. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But more than likely you're going to be in the playoffs and have a shot. And you never know. Wild card teams win the Super Bowl. But and, but the way we have it now is even – Well, the playoff another- format is supposed to change to 24, Dave. I think yep. you're about to go to that. But So that, yep. that'll give, that'll give yep. you know somebody a chance. And – Hopefully they keep that format when the contract's up in 26 and don't just have it for two years and say, oh, well, never mind. We won't do that anymore. Um, let me ask you all, this. Let me, and, and particularly we're both of you, particularly I want to get Matt's opinion on this being, uh, he, you know, as, as a former player, um, I wonder how he would view this, particularly being further away from the program in Connecticut. Um, and and uh, at some point, you know, if they decide that the new playoff format, if they decide, well, we don't want to do that after all, or in 26, we, they say, we'll forget that, you know, no more access to the so-called group of five. At what point with this NIL thing and all, would you rather just, just have the, the truly elite, the, the 40 teams or so that are truly elite, just break away at 60, however many it would be. And then the rest of us play college football the way it was supposed to be. I mean, to me, uh, the great thing about no, I don't want that. You know, but go ahead, Matt. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I I I hate the idea of breaking off because then they win. You know, they win. Um, but at the same time, you know, it might come to a point where you're just being excluded to the point that it actually hurts your school. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was you. asking you more. So, at what point would you just say the hell with it? Let's let's separate. I think when your when your survival is on the line as a program, you know, when it if and when it gets to that point where you literally just can't, you don't have the resources to compete, and you have no chance to ever make a playoff. At that point, you might have to make some really tough decisions. Hey, 
this is the only way as a, as a program we can survive. And, you know, um, sadly, I can see a point where it, where it gets to that, the way it's yeah. going. Uh, and it wouldn't be East Carolina. It would be entire conferences. Right. 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 And what about, yeah, but what about the very fact, Kyle, you mentioned it before, uh, when we go to the playoffs, it won't be P5, G5 anymore. And I know that we can say, yeah, Dave, I get that, guys. But I'm just simply supposedly. saying, supposedly, yeah. So at what point can, you know, you guys remember the Supreme Court when the NCAA got their butt kicked uh, nine to nothing on the whole NIL? They had plenty of time to get ready for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think there's that, time. I, I, think and, we've, I think we've had a chance for antitrust. I, I think the yeah. problem is, Dave, is what, what I'm talking about. I think the reason that the that the group of five ads and and chancellors and presidents mm-hmm. won't sue is because they they're too afraid that they are going to win the lawsuit. They may get some money, but then the 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 so called power five is it's going to break away at that point. They're going to go. You know, you are right. It 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 it, it is um, antitrust. We, we we are you know making it impossible for you guys to compete. Here's your money we owe you from the lawsuit. Now we're going to break away. But isn't it that? But my thing is the the problem with this whole argument uh, with that is the very fact that we're doing this. Okay, yes. Let me say we do. We don't have the budgets they do, right? But we are doing the exact. The, the problem I have, you, we're doing the NIL. We're doing the cost of. We're doing all the stuff that they've been doing, and we're doing it. So to me. If we're Division Two, one AA, the FCS level, Division Three, that's one thing. But to me, I've always thought it's BS when they are saying that you know they should break away. Speaking of elitists, and they're hurting. You know, if that's the thing they don't understand, they would help the game grow so much, guys. When if they would go to, um, I'm happy with the twelve. I'm happy with a. We'll have a seat at the table, um, at least one seat but the, the reality is if they would if they really wanted to grow the sport and make even more money they should have it where we're all on so-called equal terms on paper i know that they have more clout and they have more money but i still believe that it's uh, not cool and that's why i just have a, i struggle with college football not because of the product but because the powers that be that are like we talked about elitist and they don't want to help the sport. And that's what's sad is that, you know, when I'm 75 years old, will people still care about college football? Yeah, they will in some way, shape, or form. I, I think it's all, um, I, I think eventually it's all going to come. Is either going to be, there's either going to be two distinct divisions of Division One football. And I'm not talking about FBS and FCS. I'm talking about at the highest level, there will be a NFL and then there will be the rest of us. Or, uh, people are going to get sick of this crap, and and we're going to kind of go back eventually to regional yep. conferences and all that. One of the two things will happen eventually. But guys, I I, uh, I don't know about you two. If you got anything else, but I I, right, yeah. I, I need to wrap it up. Um, I, I on my end anyway. Um, do you guys uh, before I What's go? What's your final thoughts? Uh, I, you guys want to give your, your your predictions for Saturday? Yeah, I'm going to surprise you. Go ahead, uh, Matt. I'll let you go first. Well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer it like this, and you guys know I always try to keep it very honest. Um, if East Carolina does not change, if we play with the same style, the same vanilla game plan on offense, we're going to lose this game 34 to 13. Um, if we utilize our skill set, if we um, 
adjust and play to our strengths, we can be very competitive and stay in this game and, and, and have a chance to win it. Um, but I'm, I'm leaning right now. I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm seeing app win this game anywhere from 13 to 17 points. What about you, Cole? Um, I'm going to say we, 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 we approve a lot on offense. The big play gets us on defense and we don't quite score enough. I'm going to say, uh, app state 38 East Carolina 24. I'm going to surprise you guys. Uh, I'm going East Carolina 27 and app 23. I think that these coaches haven't seen their families all week. They've got drank a lot of coffee. I think uh, this coaching staff, whenever their back is against the wall, nobody backs baby in a corner. And I just have a good feeling. I don't know why. I didn't on right after the game. But uh, the last day or two, I'm starting to see where we do have a chance to win it. But you're, you guys are right. I will say that the caveat for me is do the same thing and we'll get blown out but I'm hoping to see some different wrinkles and we'll see how it plays out. You've been watching the, and listening to the pirate football. Hey, Dave, Dave, before you leave, you, yeah. I, have to, I have to say this. You, you did nobody puts baby in the corner. I saw a clip on family guy the other day okay. and uh, it was hysterical to me. Um, it was, uh, you know, they'll, they'll reference pop culture and they, they did the, you know, they did that clip from the movie. Uh, nobody puts baby in a corner and the dad stands up and goes, I put baby in a corner. She's 16 and you're 34. You pervert. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I love that <laughs> it's funny. That it's, yeah, it was. That was the two characters with yeah. Johnny and baby. Was yeah. that the age difference in that movie? And in real life it was. Um, and I think it was in the movie. He was definitely portrayed as no, a grown she was man. Older, she, was, she was older than eight. She was his, way older than 18. Okay, was Jennifer Grey, well, she was, the character was 16 in the movie, not 18. And right. um, 16, he already turned 17. And Johnny Castle was a grown man. Uh, and they never yeah. really said his age, but it, he was obviously late 20s, early 30s. So it's so funny that now everybody would make a big deal out of it. It's so much funny how things have changed since the 80s. No doubt. By the way, they're having, uh, for you Dirty Dancing fans, they're having the Dirty Dancing Festival this weekend in, in that area in the western how, part of the street. How appropriate that we brought that up. No doubt. All right, guys. Uh, thank you. Maybe so you much. can go to the hey, similar areas. You can go to the App State game and the Dirty Dancing Festival. I want to see Kyle. I want to see Kyle go to the Dirty Dancing Festival and somebody do that lift at the end with Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, you got to do that lift. And, yeah. With, with me doing the lifting or someone yeah. lifting me? No, no, Wait, somebody lifting, you, lifting you. That would be priceless. And I Matt, I, 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 I weigh, I weigh, I weigh, weigh 380-some pounds. <laughs> Who the hell is going to – are, are you going to be there? <laughs> hey, Matt. We're going to hey, recruit uh, The Rock. We're going to have The Rock come in. <laughs> no, nah, I want you to do it, Matt. You want to see it done. All right, well, next time, if you are you come if you come to Greenville this year, I'm going to take off running towards you. So be prepared. <laughs> well, I better call. I got to call Coach Connors because I got to get back in a strength program immediately. Hey, hey and what oh, I want you to do? I yeah, have the time of your life. The time of my life. That's what I was going to say. After you lift Kyle, you're going to say, "I've had, I did have the time of my life." <laughs> <laughs> oh you know, my The Black Eyed Peas. The Black Eyed Peas did a great remake of that song. Or not the whole song, but parts of it. They sampled it. It's it's a it's a really good uh, it's a really good remix. Yeah, I have to check it out. All right. Well, I, we've had the time of our lives. Did not week. expect that from Matt. Um, that, that <laughs> one right there caught me off guard. Uh, the, <laughs> not the not the lift thing, but the the blackout piece thing. But uh, 
Well, I'm a Fergie <laughs> fan, Kyle. So, you know. Okay. All right. Oh, well, yeah. No know, doubt about that. No accounting for taste. Um. <laughs> <laughs> She's awesome. All right, guys. Hopefully the game will be awesome. Hopefully we can sing that song. I've had the time of my life. And Boone, we'll see us at Kid Brewer Stadium at 3.30. Again, that's ESPN+. Plus. And, of course, the radio guys will be uh, there as well. The Pirate Sports Radio Network. We're going to intro the Pirate playback to I've Had the Time of My Life if we win that game. We'll see. All right, we'll, we'll do let's it. Make we'll that do now. It. If we win that game, we will, we will, we will intro the song, the show with I've Had the Time of My Life. That, that, can, that will be hysterical. Guys, and, I know the Bubba guy. Bubba has to sing it. Bubba has to sing it. No, I just mean for our intro. I don't, you know, of anybody on this show, I, of, of a singing competition, I don't. I don't know who I would pick last, but it would be Matt or Bubba. I, I, I know me and Dave could out sing. Uh, that's one thing I know me and Dave would win. If you a karaoke contest with me and Dave against Matt and Bubba, I, I think me and Dave would get that one. And do you know guys? guys Kyle, I have silky smooth vocals, brother. Silky smooth. Silky. Do you, get, get, do you do the Frank Sinatra type stuff? Oh yeah, I, I'll hit you with that. The Italian love songs. Well, yeah. let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, Matt. Well, I need some time to prepare. You know, you can't. You know. Oh I, I, man, come on. Go, give me a little. I'll, I'll, hit you with a little Dean Martin. I'll hit you with a little Dean Martin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go for it. Next show. The next show. All right. Okay. If we All win, right. if we beat App, I will come on this show and sing Dean Martin. That's all right, more, there we go. Right? We're, we're, it's going to hey. be an all-out music festival yeah, if we win this game. Matt, you guys sing That's Amore. I love that song. Please sing That's Amore. That's Amore. I love it. <laughs> um, by the way, guys, real before we go, do you know who's, um, who actually wrote the song I've Had the Time in My Life? Uh, Boy George. Frankie Privet from Frankie and the Knockouts. And I can get him, I can promise you, I can get him on the show. If you he'll, want, he'll be with us Sunday night if we beat Apple Hutchinson. Six. I'll see if I can get it, but I, yeah, I do know how I can get him on, and without a question, that's no BS. So, all right. In the meantime, I hope you guys have a great night. Uh, definitely, we're going to keep working on figuring out a way for offense between now and Saturday afternoon, and it's going to be a great game. Thanks to AJ from the Black and Gold Podcast. Thank you, Bubba, for producing as well. And maybe he'll come back. Maybe we can win him back from the transfer portal. I hate that he left us left the show but maybe we'll get it back we'll see you next time everybody uh you at least have still the three of us matt dave and kyle on the sports objective the pirate preview good night everybody go pirates i carry a watermelon Down, every touchdown with the cannons blast. Get it on, get it all, get the way going, let the hurricane.